Right, thank you for joining me. My name's Alistair, and if this is the first time you've been, this is what I call coffee and coaching. Uh, we choose a different topic each week. Um, I've covered handling change. Um, what did I cover last week? Was masculinity I've covered quite a lot. Men's mental health. That's predominantly what this thing is all about. I've been working in mental health for over 20 years um, and worked as a life coach. Um, I've travelled the world with autistic people. So psychology and sociology are just my thing. Um, I combine that then with my spirituality and we get the kind of mediumistic life coaching. But for the purpose of these vlogs that I want to do, <coughs> we'll pick a particular topic. I'm going to have a drink of my coffee, hence that being the point of it. So we're going to pick the topic this week as fear. Um, and a lot of the time, if you've watched one of these before, and if you've not watched, prepare yourself, because I never know exactly what's going to fall out of my head. Like I said, I'm going to talk about fear. So we'll talk about fear and it's what it is, it's sensing and the psychological side of it. We'll touch on that. And then the predominantly, it's going to be my own fears. I'm going to talk to you quite candidly, quite openly. Um, I'm not going to tell you what scares me the most. I'm going to give away secrets. But, but I do want to kind of cover moments where I've been scared. And it's the resilience to overcome fear that kind of keeps us going. So, like I said, I, I, I do these sessions live, but I never anticipate anybody actually being there live to interact. But if you are there, or if you do, or if you're watching it, even playback, by all means, drop me a message. You can comment on the video at any time. If there's something you think, oh no, would you like, would you cover that in more detail? Just let me know, and I'll happily do that. But yeah, I'm gonna try and take my time a little bit. So fear, in its essence, kind of boiled down, we've got rational fears and irrational fears. So a rational one, if, I don't know, you've accidentally landed in a tiger's cage, you fell in, it's fairly rational to be frightened <laughs> there's potentially a tiger there. But if you're standing on the other side of the cage, looking at the lion and you're still scared, that kind of falls into the irrational side because it technically can't get to you. But that's a really kind of simplified terms. The other ones I would consider are psychological fear and physiological fear. So if there's a fear of fire, because it burns, it's kind of so, sort of logical. But psychological fears are more what I'm gonna discuss in this session because they're the ones that tend to hold us back they're the ones that other people can't see they're things that potentially people take for granted that they do every day and it's that sort of psychological stumbling blocks that stop us doing most of the stuff that we want to get done during the day um, so where do we get fear from where's the root of it come from and Oh, I need to just say, actually, <laughs> I should have said this right at the beginning. It's never my intention to offend anybody. I'm not out to be some sort of crusader and tell you this is the way to do it. All I'm doing is sharing my experiences with my knowledge. If it helps you, great. If you share it and it helps somebody else, fantastic. That's all this is all about. <clears throat> okay, so enjoy. Right, fears. Learned fear. So I don't know, let's say, for instance, you, your parents are, well, one of your parents is scared of spiders the chances are you'll potentially get the same fear because you learn the response. 
So subconsciously you'll learn that that little thing is potentially dangerous. So you get kind of a learned response to fear. What if it's a fear based to a, on a trauma? So something traumatic has happened. I'm going to move my face off that screen because I'm distracting myself. <laughs> um, what if it's, yeah, like, a, um, what did I say? It was trauma. So what if it's a trauma you've been through? Um, that potentially puts fear in, could be a number of different aspects. Trust in people, fear of small spaces, feeling like you're not being heard or listened to. There's all kinds of kind of bits that could potentially tag on with trauma. Um, childhood, or if something happened in your childhood, it wasn't necessarily traumatic, but it was enough to fear to cause fear in you. The other thing I feel I need to say is, there is a difference between fear and scared. If you're scared of something, there's a very real, to me, scared is the kind of in the moment, you're scared at that point. If it's you're scared of something in the future, it's fear of that apprehension. I hope that kind of makes sense. That makes sense? Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so what if it is things that we've learned from our parents? Is that something we can just go, well, obviously, uh, as a for instance, my maternal mother's afraid of like mice and rats <laughs> but i'm not at all <clears throat> i understood her fear but i also couldn't understand why because it made no sense to me in that instance <laughs> as a kid it was just funny we used to just prank her all the time to be fair so what if it's a more deeper rooted psychological fear and this is where it kind of potentially it might sound like it gets a bit dark, but it's the fear of failing, the fear of letting people down, the fear of being judged poorly as to who you are, the fear of not living up to your own expectations, the fear of saying something wrong that could be used against you later in an argument. I'm just going through a list of things that I've learned over time to be wary of. And it's not that it's a fear-based thing as such, but in a situation where I'm gonna be potentially, not confrontational, but potentially in an argument with my partner, I used to feel that if I said anything at this point, it could be used against me. So that was fear, a very real fear that anything that falls out of my head now while I'm psychologically having a potential meltdown will be used against me further down the line. So that was a very real fear that I had. Um, what about fears you've developed over your own life? So if you've watched my other videos, I speak quite extensively about um, being bullied and myself not having, I didn't have the same kind of aspirations that everybody else had in ways that were to show external ways of showing people how successful or brilliant you are. So as a, for instance, posh car, that car's just a machine to me. I, I, yeah, I can appreciate a good car, but the nice car doesn't tell me that you're better than me. It just tells me you drive a better car than me. And that was a fundamental difference that I was aware of as a child that I never could get, I never bought into this, that just because you've got all that stuff, that's great, I'm glad you enjoy it, and it's a better version of the what I've got, but I don't envy you for having that. 
that final, well I go on this little tangent actually while my brain's gone down this route, the day my brain broke on things like that with paying over the odds for stuff just to show state, status or stature in places was when I used all of my birthday money one day to buy a Reebok jumper in my teenage, I was so fucking happy with that jumper, did it change anything at school, did it hell, it didn't change a damn thing. The only, the only thing that felt better wearing it was me, briefly, until I realised I'd bought into the crap that everybody else had. So it just, it was one of them, like, little tangent, sorry. So yeah, fears that we develop in life. So because of the childhood I had that was quite confrontational, I had a very real fear of interacting with men or people that perceived themselves as better than me. And I emphasize this in that I'm not arrogant in this aspect. I just don't, I don't believe somebody should be respected because of how good they're doing in their field. It's brilliant, but I'm not in that field. I can appreciate somebody's stature and excellence, but it doesn't need to be thrown down my throat to emphasize their stature. You get my logic, people do that. And it's judged like that all the time. And I never bought into it. And the Reebok jumper stopped it. But it doesn't stop happening throughout life. Your next door neighbours have got a new car. The people down the street have put a conservatory up. There's always this, so, and nowadays it's even worse because it's on social media. People, I hope, will have been paying attention to the video and said, well, he doesn't buy into brand names. That's from River Island. It's a discount t-shirt. <laughs> because it doesn't say the brand in bold, I quite like it. So it's that sort of logic. I won't not buy something that's expensive if it's, if it's not quality involved, <laughs> pay cheap, pay twice, I get that logic. But at the same time, I don't buy something and then think, oh, I've got to show it off. I don't buy something that's got this gaudy self-branding attached to it, like some alternative microphones. It, it, if, <laughs> it's just, that's my sort of logic. But that stems from that fear of not living up to everybody else's expectations. If I stand there in a pair of plain jeans, plain t-shirt, non-real brandy expensive trainers, they're immediately judging me straight away from how I'm looking. So being a person that didn't want to be judged by people, that was a very real fear to me. Being judged as the, the poor single parent broken home kid, which <laughs> didn't really bother me as such. I never got the, <laughs> the logic of the insult but it was a tension on me in a negative fashion, so it was still shit. <clears throat> so that very real fear was present every morning getting up to go to school. Every time the school bell rang and you'd got to make your way home. As an adult, that, that fear comes in when a manager comes over and wants to talk to me about something. Or if a manager says to me something along the lines of, have you got a minute, we need a word. These sorts of little manipulative power moves that people in positions of power play, my brain immediately goes, holy shit, you've got to defend yourself. Because of the very real fear that was there as a kid and growing up, that every single potential confrontation that I'm going to have is going to need me to be really strong and really defensive to get through it. The fact that you get into the room and the manager goes, We've just been looking at your phone and we wanted to set you up with a new system didn't even cross my mind because my brain i've pre-programmed my brain to to always expect the worst case scenario 
Hi, Marion's just arrived. Hi, Marion. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, so that was a very real, it's an imprint that's there, which means anytime somebody makes me think I'm gonna be confronted with something, it's always gonna be a negative. And that's from the, that fear of potentially what's gonna happen. Nowadays, fear gets rolled into a number of things, anxiety, panic attacks, which I've spoken about. But recognizing how you react fearfully as an adult comes from working out where it stems from as a child or where it came in. Don't get me wrong, there could be some very real moments. As a, for instance, you could have been in a car crash. Then there's a very real anxiety about potentially driving again or being a passenger again. As a person that used to ride horses, when you fall off a horse, the first thing they say is get back on. Because you've got to overcome, it's that resilience to get back up and overcome the potential fear that's now become very real because you fell or you crashed. And that's, I get that. There's so, so many different avenues with this. Um, but I'm kind of, although I will keep going off in little tangents, <laughs> I want to kind of try and stick to form as best as I can. Um, touching on, I was, I was just reading through my notes then, and one of my notes said coffee, <laughs> and asked the people that are, are watching for a little follow and a little like, because that would be lovely. Thank you. But the fact that I wrote that note down completely confused me. I've got to get better at reading <laughs> whatever this is called. Um, right. Sticking with the subconscious fear sort of stuff. Okay, I've not missed any comments, have I? No. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so sticking with subconscious fears. Let's go with fear of failure. This was, again, this is one that's a very real one to me. And quite often as a child and sometimes as an adult now, if I feel there's a very real chance that I will fail at something, I'll avoid doing it completely. And that could be anything. It could be um, a course where I think uh, oh, that's potentially gonna push me past my comfort zone, so I just won't do it. The fear of failing it overclouds the knowledge I would learn in trying it, if you get that piece of random logic. It's not about failing at a task that's the actual problem. It's the not learning from the failure. It's the not stand, stand, I hate the word, getting back up, standing back up. I'm talking psychologically. Psychologically, you've got to sit in your head now for 10 minutes and go, okay, that failed. I failed on just this much, or I need to brush up on that so that I can do it again. But for me growing up, my strengths, putting this into context, were not academic. Somewhere, if I really like the topic, then yeah, great, I'm all over it, test me on it as much as you like. But if I'm not, I'm not going to try as hard because I'm frightened of failing. And the harder I try, the further I'm going to fall when I fail, is how my brain works that out. But my driving test, I had three driving lessons, took my test and passed my test. Because I was so confident in doing it. I had no qualms about the fact that I'd just spent all the last bit of my money booking the test and she insisted I had to have a lesson beforehand which I didn't want it was just because I was so confident it did, failing didn't even cross my mind and thinking about it now sitting here at this very moment 
had I have failed that test, I have no idea what would have why what I would have done. Because it never entered my mind at all. I'd been driving since I was twelve. I, I knew how to drive. I had my lessons to know how to drive properly on a road. <laughs> but so there was a subconscious confidence that pushes you past the fear. <coughs> or there's so much confidence you didn't even see the fear, hence the driving lesson sort of logic. But having a fear of an unknown outcome. So let's go, I'm going to focus the next sort of bit on relationship fears, some subconscious fears that are putting your trust in somebody else. All of your vulnerabilities are, are at the care of somebody else. Every time you speak and your brain spits something out from your past or from a previous person or an argument that you've had, these are all very real fears. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to try and mince my words too much, but I've had a very real fear of a woman while I was married to her. One part physiological fear, one part psychological fear. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail on these because they're old past history, but we should now be in a position where nowadays men are not always assumed to be the aggressors. Um, when a relationship breaks down, it's like it's stereotypically the, the, the one answer they all, oh, used to beat me. And it's, it always bugged me because the very real fear of ending a relationship and being absolutely assassinated characteristically is very real when you're a man in a relationship where everybody takes on face value he's a big lad he knows how to handle himself yeah I, I do <laughs> never to a woman but it never crossed anybody's mind because I never said anything at the time what was the other side of that very real argument that they were having and very real information they were telling people that combined with the very real fear that people would be believing it is a real stumbling block in a man's life where everything you know every person you think you know now thinks they know you better than they did before because they've received a piece of information from somebody who was lying that very real fear comes in the next time you're trying to build a relationship with somebody and you're trying not to give away your vulnerabilities because you don't want to appear vulnerable. I've got to be strong so that I know if this doesn't work, I come out of it okay. Now I'm prepping for the end of a relationship at the start of another relationship. How's that going to get me anywhere? But the fear is real. It's very real. The fear of disappointing somebody to the point where they'll kick you out or start sleeping with somebody else or just basically start bad-mouthing you to other people. The fear of upsetting somebody to that point that where they could become so venomous, it's, yeah, it's frightening, absolutely frightening. 
And in a society in a world, all right, it was a number of years ago, but I don't think it's changed that much where that you're guilty until proven innocent. It needs to change. <laughs> really needs to change. But it won't change until more men say about what's going on. And that comes down to men's mental health. And there's another very real fear. That fear of having a mental health thing to be a, have that sense of being weak in a situation. Mental health. Men don't want to be ill from any point of view. I don't like having sore knees, a sore ankle, nothing. So to have it as mental illness, it's not even like I can just put a bandage on it or a plaster on it and go, well, I'll be fine now. It's different. It's ingrained. It's part of who I am. And understanding your fears to a point where you recognise what caused them, the very real fear of, I don't know, upsetting somebody or disappointing somebody. Um, one of my biggest fears, based on all of this, is the fragility of friendship relationships. Because I'm quite an open and honest bloke. Oh, my mates <laughs> will know that. If they say something, I'm quite open, I'm quite honest, I'll tell you the truth. If you ask me a straight question, you'll get an honest answer. But not everybody's like that. And sometimes people will take that honesty as being arrogance or it'll be quite dominant in its approach. And it's not. It's just a comfortability in my delivery <laughs> of the information. Because it's the truth. And that is a very another fear aspect because... A lot of the time, telling the truth isn't the right thing to do at the time. People might have to deal with the truth. Nobody quote that from the film. But it's when you deal with that and how you deal with that. So let's go, let's move it away from relationships. Um, let's go, let's say it's a work thing. As a person, I know I'm not a person that plays well with others sometimes in a team environment unless I kind of feel like I'm part of the driving force behind it and I've brought value to the table I will disengage pretty quickly and go well I'll find something else to do and I under I got this and understood this quite early on as a kid I wasn't interested in team sports I wasn't a kid that was included in team sports so I never found the drive to keep going with team sports. So football, I played basketball briefly for a bit. What I then got interested in was archery, climbing, surfing, um, kayaking, canoeing, because they were all individual. And they're all to do with my own ability. I'm the one in charge of the canoe. I'm the one in charge of the cliff when I'm climbing it. I'm the one in charge of my rope. It was all about me being the one person I could trust and re rely on the whole time. So I got that straight away as a kid. They were my kind of sports. Um, I did become Northern Area Flight Shoot Champion in Scotland. It sounds brilliant, but I was the only person in the class because, <laughs> because of the bow I had. But it sounds brilliant. <coughs> you got to have these little, little accolades, didn't you? Oh. Anyway, yeah, so if you're still with me, Again, a like or a little love heart coming up the screen is always nice. Let me know if people are there or if you've watched the video. Just put a little like on the screen. It makes me feel like the information that's falling out of my head might help somebody. Would you be good? Um, okay, what was I talking about? 
What was I talking about then? I've lost my thread. I don't know. It was just clarified the fact you said little instead of little. Yeah, I did as well. I heard that. Did you hear little? I did. I don't know how I did it. Um, right. At work based stuff, yes. So let's say you want to go for a promotion. Now again, speaking from my point of view as a person that I respect the person that's there because the company has put them there, but I don't necessarily respect them as a human being because I've not interacted with them as a human being. I've only interacted with them on a professional basis. This creates a divide in my head between the human person and the professional person that I've got to now speak to um, as like a team leader or a manager or whatever it is because I always feel like in this position I'm potentially going to have to defend myself my adrenaline's already running there's a very real fear that it will become confrontational if they don't say what I want them to say I'm going to get annoyed or I'm going to get upset so this automatically is bubbling up before that manager's even got anywhere near their office, my very real fear that I'm walking headfirst into a potential confrontation is already bubbling up. <clears throat> so at this point, I'm already primed for an argument, or I'm primed for running, or I'm primed for a fight. At no point have I primed my brain for a nice little calm chat with the manager about <clears throat> the, the topic of wanting a pay rise, or I don't know, a time, time off or something like that. Now I get it, it's, it's slightly different if you've got a really good manager, I'm talking kind of the corporate kind of, nobody gets that real personable feeling, or at least I never did when I was in them. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're fears, but they are subconscious because they're, they're actually fears about potential eventualities that haven't actually happened yet. So, how do we stop it? How do we stop that very real fear of saying the wrong thing, being the wrong person to somebody, them getting the wrong idea of who we are? How do we move on from that? Do we just hit the fuck it button and just become a narcissist? No. First and foremost, we need to find out if we are a nice person inside. Or at least this is the journey I went on. Am I a nice person or am I an arsehole? If you think I'm an arsehole, put thumbs down. <laughs> Your opinion's valid. It's not necessarily got any weight to it, but it's valid. The fear of upsetting other people needs to have a sense of gravitas to it. It needs to be a sense of how much does that person mean to me? So how much does their opinion of me mean to me? But at the same time, we don't want to be automatically burning a bridge before we've even built one. So that person that's come up to me, it takes time and it takes a heck of a lot of effort for the trying to remain calm, trying not to prejudge a situation because I feel like I've already lived it before my memory starts to kick in as a, right, you've been in a situation before, this is how this is gonna play out. Because that's how a rabbit learns to run away when it hears a gunshot. Cause and effect. The same thing kicks in with fear. They're the cause, I'm now gonna be the effect. And how I handle this 
is going to change everybody's opinion about me forever. So I get it when people say that they're anxious in social situations to speak. I get it when people are sort of don't feel confident to speak up in certain situations. But it's how do you overcome that? How do I go from being a person where everything I did say at one point would come across as quite arrogant or quite dominant in its approach because they're the tools I needed growing up. So how do I soften that off? I remember that the person I'm talking to now isn't the person I was talking to then. I remember that the driving force for me walking forward is my own speed. My own stamina is what I'm walking forward. I'm not being pushed forward by people behind me. I'm not being attacked from behind by old fears and old scars that are there. I'm walking forward towards potential new fears. And if I keep focusing on those, I won't learn any new stuff coming forward, if you get my logic. You've got to trust your instincts with people and situations and work. I don't think enough people do this. We don't trust our own instincts. And even if we do, we then tell somebody, I've just got a feeling, I just, I just don't know if it's the right place to work or... I don't know if it's the right house to buy. And that person says, well, you know, what's the money like? What the fuck does that matter now? What I've said to you is something, I've got a gut feeling it doesn't feel right. So don't do it. But have the balls at that point, if you can make the decision to either do it or not, go back to my video about change and choice and learn just where your power has come in at this point. Because the fearful moment that you were going to go head on like a bull in a china shop now becomes calmer because you're viewing yourself in a calmer sense of mind. Because you're not scarred by everything behind you. We're not dragging all of that stuff forward. I need to have a coffee. Have we actually got anybody live watching? <laughs> I think so. That was Marion. Right. Going back to subconscious fears, um, very real fear for me doing this, literally doing this vlogging thing. When Penny suggested it, no, <laughs> did not want to do it at all. And then we did our first one on the Wiccan Warriors page and then I decided it was a case of doing it on here to try and get men talking but I gotta be honest more ladies interact with these videos or watch them I think than any men do um, so if you're a man and you're watching this brilliant well done <laughs> excellent I don't know how you found it but bravo um, so yeah the psychological fears that we kind of bring from childhood you gonna make me a new coffee? Excellent. I ran out of coffee. So, as if for instance, um, psychological stuff from as a child. Um, some major differences between my childhood and my kids' childhood. Sports day. 
you had placings. Schools had house winners. There was all points that could be earned. You had winners, you had losers. You had tests that you'd fail. You'd figure it out and learn. Or in my case, no, you'd avoid it. Nowadays, and since it's gone back to, or now into that kind of realms of the equality of things, I think we've lost our measure, and this is a this is a fear for me, and I, and I, it is about vlogging, because I don't know if I'm actually a person that will connect to anybody in the world, because of everything I'm discussing is about me and my logic, my journey. I've not given any kind of, I've not gone into like CBT training, I've not gone into life coaching stuff. I'm not purposely not doing an actual like self-help. This is more a, if you can relate to what I'm saying, then this is brilliant. We can, you, I've helped you to overcome something. If you spot something, you think, oh, I've got a way around that. That guy could do something, then let me know. It's very real information sharing. This is what this is all about. So coming live onto a social media platform, which is public, opens me up to all kinds of stuff. What if people are just watching just to be nosy because they're people from my past? I worry that my ex-wives have watched it or their friends have watched it and sit there me, 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 and saying stuff about it. Yeah, that was a very real anxiety for about the first two weeks. <laughs> then I realised what's going to change. Because they're in the past, they don't bear any relevance to the future. But the psychological scars and the fear that they they had, that does. I do have elements of that which will which go into the future. Um, there'll be times when me and Penny have discussed something and I start to clam up because she can see <laughs> where I'm going with this. That I don't want everything in my head to just fall out. Um, oh, I've got coffee delivery coming. She's brilliant. If you're watching and you want a coffee, just put a little coffee emoji in the comments bit and we'll send you one. Excellent. Oh, what time are we at? Yeah, this probably won't be a full hour, this one, because it's it's not quite as an in-depth. Plus, I didn't want it to go on for too long. <laughs> watching the sort of stats, I'm not sure people watch it to the end anyway. Um, so yeah, so it's a very real fear being a vlogger in the sense that I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to upset anybody, I don't want to drag up skeletons from my past and start having arguments with them. It's not about that at all. It's about helping somebody who's gone through the same shit as I have and then them being able to overcome it and move forward in such a way where they can think and look at themselves in the mirror like I do and go, do you know what, actually today's going to be a good day, I'm fucking doing this. And having that resilience to just keep going the next day. I don't mean that just as negative as it is because my life's not shit. But there is always the psychological struggle of, it could be anything. I mean, with the COVID stuff, it could be I've got to go out. The other day I had to go for blood tests. So it, it's doing that was not fear as such. Fear is the wrong word. It's a bit too heavy for it. But there's still that element of trepidation of going out there. <laughs> with all this COVID stuff still 
lingering in the background. So those sorts of fears are there, they're real. So we don't want fears to repeat themselves. You stick your finger on the flame, you know it burns the first time, you don't need to confirm it with a second finger, it's that sort of logic. But with a psychological fear, you've got to pinpoint the, the different things. So if it's a work thing, pinpoint the moment where you think, yeah, their mindset changed. And I, can f I know when it was, we were going down the route of constructive dismissal, but it didn't get to that stage because you made the working conditions so shit I wanted to leave anyway. Those kind of psychological things, that then leaves a tarnish on us because, or that person, because they feel they've been ousted out, not good enough. Do you get my logic? Whereas if an employer just comes up and goes, look, where is the sorry? For whatever reason, we've got cutbacks, or you're doing your job shit, whatever it is, we're going to let you go. At least you can move forward knowing exactly what it was that happened. When people are devious, and this term gaslighting happens, you can't, you can't figure it out until hindsight kicks in. And that's when I get most annoyed at myself because I go, fucking hell, why didn't I see that coming? Because it didn't set off the fear triggers because they were being nice about it. You were trusting them. So should we now not trust people? No, of course not. You're still gonna trust people. The difference is, is not hanging on to the betrayal for as long. It's not about avoiding it. It's about knowing when a relationship's fucked and killing it and stopping it and ending it at that point, whether it's, and I'm talking a relationship, I'm talking about whether having an argument with somebody at Sky because I want my internet to be quicker, or I've gone into McDonald's and a, a person has said something or got in my way and I've, any relationship, any moment I'm interacting with somebody, it's how much effort do I want to put in? How much of this do I want to keep in my future. So it's not about trying to eradicate fears or overcoming fears. Fear's there for a reason, it's survival. It's a survival technique. But obviously if you're over fear, you just freaking, you drive yourself insane. So you've gotta have that rational and irrational that we spoke about at the beginning. So we break it down into rational and irrational. We then break it down into, is this a very real fear that will happen in the future or is this trepidation fear based on being hurt by somebody in my past and if you can figure that bit out bravo because they're the moments where you'll take ownership and go freaking figured it right now i know where the crooks of that point is i know why i have an issue with blokes because of what my childhood was like i've spoken about that many times on here so I understand that straight away and have to recognize that in myself and take responsibility for it because it is not that man's fault in the garage when he tells me my car's knackered or needs something doing. It's not his fault that I was bullied at 14. He doesn't deserve all of that. So that fear then ends up on him. <laughs> so then he's now not sure if he can talk to somebody like me about work that he's doing on the car because he's worried about upsetting me as the customer. Do you spot the little stupid vicious circle that's going on? If we're just nice people and we're just honest with people and we don't maintain bullshit relationships, if, we're not, if we don't like somebody, you don't like them. Here's a for instance, if you've been on my Instagram and you've looked at my story at the top and you didn't like the picture in my Instagram bit, you're a stalker. 
because I've noticed this in Instagram, people will look at the little story at the top, but then won't necessarily find the correlating picture and tap they like it. Or they just didn't like the picture at the top. <laughs> but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out their algorithms because it's confusing me. So anyway, tangent, sorry. <clears throat> it's because that's a fresh coffee. This might actually keep me going for another half an hour. We're not gonna go around in circles for half an hour. I am gonna wrap this up fairly soon. <clears throat> not repeating fears or not confidently allowing a fear to potentially play out either way is to do with your resilience your resilience is what gets you up resilience is what you hear when you took when you see an interview with somebody from world war one or world war two that is resilience to go through what they did overcome it and carry on with life and potentially have been excellent parents, excellent grandparents, because their resilience to keep their family safe and their environment safe was there. That sense of confidence, they were confident in who they were. Nowadays, we struggle to find our own identities. We, I try and pigeonhole myself into, well, I'm not a blokey bloke, I'm quite a sensitive bloke, so that makes me a bit of this sort of pigeonhole, but I'm also quite an arrogant bloke, but I'm a bit spiritual. Do you see, there's so many pigeonholes for everything. I am just an Alistair. <laughs> I said this to Penny at the beginning. You've got yourself an Alistair. It operates like an Alistair, it behaves like an Alistair, and it will require some fine-tuning programming like an Alistair does. I don't operate like any other person because I am me as my own individual. Having that sense of self and sense of confidence kept under the bounds of arrogance gives you confidence to just keep going. And if there is that fear that you might fail, okay, fail it, but learn from it. So if we stop saying it as failing and class it as learning, maybe that would change it how we think about it in our heads. <clears throat> so when somebody says you failed, now I learned something. And it, it's those sorts of logics. As you know, I play around with semantics in this chat because that's how we program ourselves. We talk to ourselves, we, we read stuff. That language that we're reading is programming us. Neuro-linguistics, it's fascinating. So if you go from describing your fear to nerves, like I said before, Here's another example. I used to compete in agility, dog agility, run around the course with dogs. Looks like show jumping, but on a 90 degree watch. It also looks like show jumping other than the fact there's no money in it. <clears throat> Every single time I would compete with my dogs, I wasn't nervous. <laughs> and this used to drive my partner at the time nuts because as far as they were concerned, those nerves were what would drive me on, and it wasn't. If I was nervous, my dog's gonna know I'm nervous. Now it thinks there's a problem. Now we're in fight or flight mode. Why would my dog running next to me want me to be in that mode? Didn't make any sense as psychology to me at all. And as a dog behaviorist, it didn't make any sense to me either. So I had to work on myself. There was no point in being nervous. So I had to trivialize the experience. It's how I did it. It was a £2.50 class to run round in a field with my dog to have a laugh and have some fun. Whatever the fuck happened between jump number one 
and jump number 20, I couldn't give a monkeys. If we go clear, well, yeah, we're going to raise the roof and we're going to be happy about it. But if we balls it up at three, we're going to pick a line and we're going to leave. I never got the whole competition because all I got was a rosette or a trophy. And as, as amazing as they are, they're just stuff. It's just a piece of something that doesn't change the experience that I had while doing it. My point in this is a couple of things. One is registering the fear, controlling it because it rubs off on others like it did my dog. The other is, while in that ring running in front of people, I couldn't have told you one person that was there because you go into your own little bubble and it was just me and the dog, me and FaZe. And the only time you come out of that bubble is the moment that something goes wrong and you fail or he goes wrong or I go wrong, I give him the wrong command, whatever it was, whatever caused the fail of the course was the failure. But it didn't make any difference because he didn't know. So if the dog doesn't understand the failing bit and we just leave and it's all just been fun, I'm the higher functioning animal. I'll figure out where we went wrong and then figure out how to explain that to the lower functioning animal for us to get it right next time. So being nervous wouldn't have helped. So that kind of blase kind of <laughs> attitude. I mean, don't get me wrong, I competed to what I consider to be a good standard. I got to grade seven, won a couple of finals, got a bit of crystal, it's great. The whole time I was having fun. And then when I ran my club, it was the same thing. I ran classes in the club for competing, how to get that mindset of, yes, it matters, but it doesn't matter at the same time. If it matters to your dog, and they can pick up on a positive or negative, you've got to be responsible for that. And that's exactly the same as if you go into a shop. If somebody else can pick up on your positive or negative fear, they're going to respond accordingly. So did they cause what's happening to you, or did you cause what's happening to them? And that's where I say we need to take responsibility for our own mental health. It is not up to anybody else to figure out a way of talking to me that that may offend me. Yeah, we may have a difference of opinion. People do. But this has become very much the attacking generation of, if you have a difference of opinion, people jump on it. If you do something wrong in your car, you're liable to end up on a dash cam. You do something, you trip over in the street, you're going to end up on a security cam. There's, everybody's fear of failing and being caught failing is monumental at the moment. But also at the moment, there's a sense of arrogance with people because you can go from one to the other. You can either end up with a boss video or a fail video. And it's those two bits that you kind of have to adopt just in mental health, it's either gonna work or it ain't. Simple as that. But when I was a kid, it was told, you know, showing off. But that's never, yeah, that's never been a, I've never had anything to show off with. <laughs> it's probably the best way I put it. Right, let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, last week's got about 117 views. Um, leave some comments let me know what you think like i said i'll be doing this one next week i'm not sure 
yet of the topic. I'll figure it out between now and then. I'll see what comes up over the, the coming week, what topics have come up, what adverts set me off, what, I don't know, <laughs> what topic grinds my gears, and then I'll, I'll come and discuss that. Um, if you'd like to join me on one of these, um, if you feel quite strongly about mental health and men's mental health, and if you've got an organisation or <clears throat> if you think there is something, I mean, I'm in Northamptonshire, so that would be the ideal area for me. There is somewhere that I can signpost people to or we can put a link on the videos, then get in touch. This is about men's mental health, but I'm also reaching out to the men, the partner of the men. <laughs> I'm not going to say the women of the men because it could be the men of the men anybody of the men that whatever it is your man is dealing with if you've watched these videos and you think it might help tell them to cut through the bullshit i'm not here as a spiritual medium is life coach i'm just here as a bloke chatting if you can figure something out from this great then that is what this is all about um like i said a little like to the page would be low Thank you.